It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined by one of our very favorite representatives in Congress. She represents Florida's 10th congressional district. It's Representative Val Demings. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I'm doing well. Good morning. All right. So there's a lot going on um, in the world. We are in a new place, though, I feel like, even since we last spoke to you. I feel like we spoke to you either right before or right after the whole second impeachment thing we did with the one-term president. Um, And actually, I want to start there (laughs) Um, because we, last week, um, you know, got a little bit more news about um, a man named Rudy Giuliani and what he may have been doing and what they may have been investigating him for as a result of that conduct. As somebody who participated in the second impeachment as a house manager, um, or excuse me, in the first impeachment as a house manager, um, and and uh, the whole question premises on the first impeachment, not the second, I'm confusing my impeachments, um, but the set of facts from your impeachment um, coming back around. Just your reaction to the fact that we're learning more about what Rudy Giuliani was doing um, at the time uh, that you were trying to impeach President Trump for um, the other side of that conduct. Well, let me say, how often do you have the opportunity to get a little bit confused about multiple impeachments of the oh same person? So, uh, oh my gosh. Me, I do understand, that's, that's and, so I, and I thank real, right? God we don't see that or haven't seen that before in this country, but here we go. Look, uh, this is not surprising to me. Um, I remember, of course, during the first uh, impeachment trial, the first impeachment uh, inquiry, um, it, it, you know, the words kept coming back, talk to Rudy. Um, he definitely played a major role in um, Ukraine trying to uh, undermine the results of the 2020 election, basically trying to cheat. Um, Rudy was definitely the conduit, if you will, uh, for the president and trying to solicit Ukraine's assistance. So uh, what is happening this week? Uh, and last week does not surprise me. Uh, sometimes justice c- can be slow, uh, but the wheels of justice continue are to turn. And so uh, we're all keeping our eyes and our ears open to see uh, justice prevail. Yeah, I totally got my impeachments confused. That was an earnest mistake. <laughs> Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Understandable. You're allowed to make an earnest impeachment confusing mistake. We, we had to watch a lot of days of impeachment. There were that was they, and they all blended together. It was it, it was it was a lot. Um, it was like one big ongoing. impeachment trial. I mean, the, the big lies. Yeah, pretty basically, much. it was like four years of an impeachment trial. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the right. entire four it years. Was like, four is years. Is he done now? Anyway. Was this big enough? Facts. So, but it's not over. Like the impeachment trial is not, I mean, the impeachment trial is over, but the the big lie is not. Like you're still, and I ask this of every Congress member that we have on, you're still serving with 
people who don't recognize a legitimately democratically elected president who still insist that that the election was stolen, despite the fact that they know that that's not true and they know that the harm and violence it causes this country is immeasurable. What is it like? How are you how are you grappling with colleagues that are anti-democratic? Well, let me just say this. Um, It was so refreshing um, during the State of the Union, President Biden's first State of the Union, to hear him talk about hope, not fear. And then he went on to say truth, not lies. Um, I have just been baffled, and I have to say this, certainly as a former uh, law enforcement officer, former police chief, tried my best to look at right versus wrong, uh, very clear, Uh, and then to be in Congress with members who could care less, really, about right versus wrong, or could care less about truth versus lies. Um, They have continued even after January 6th, and I think we've talked in the past about uh, January 6th. I was there on that day. Um, Even after that, they continued to carry the big lie. And so I, I tell you what, I've never seen, and, and I say this as someone with a lot of street experience as a law enforcement officer, I've never seen anything mm-hmm. like the people, some of my colleagues in Congress who lie, who carry the big lie, and who have demonstrated that they would do and say anything for power. Yeah. It feels it feels like I mean there is no when, line that they won't cross at this point. I mean, I think after the insurrection, yeah. I had a moment where I was like, no way in the world there people are going to watch this. The violence um, you know, people beating each other, beating police officers with flags, um Trump flags, American flags, Confederate flags. Um, nobody can watch that and then walk away and say, that's fine. But that's what's happening. I feel like we've forgotten the insurrection or we're not properly. Are we? I mean, do you think there should be a commission? Do you think we need um, to make sure that it never happens again? And, you know, part of that process is a full accounting of what did happen. You know, what what has amazed me is that there's even a debate about whether to have a commission or not. And, you know, every day I dart the halls of Congress, I always go in hoping that, okay, you know, today is the day. This is the moment. Well, my gosh, they broke into the Capitol and beat police officers down. This is the moment. And we're in a debate about whether to have a commission or not. Um, and we all, Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody in this country should want to know the truth. What happened? How did it happen? Who participated? Who funded it? Were there really members of Congress and staff who actually were a part of the, in the planning process? Uh, we should want to know those things. Yet, my, some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle had just cho- chosen to turn a blind eye to it and act like, it was a peaceful uh, protest. And so it's quite shameful. But I tell you what, what is, what is different, too, about this moment? In the past, 
Republicans or Democrats, leaders always in those parties always rose to the occasion and tried to reel those that were on the fringes back in and bring some sense of normalcy. Um, but we're not seeing that. The leaders have taken center stage and basically continue to promote the big lie because of their own quest for power. And uh, the democracy is getting in their way, and they've demonstrated that they would destroy it, the foundation of this country, for the next position, and that's disgraceful. So the only way out of this is is through democracy. Like democracy is the only thing that's going to save democracy. Um, and of course, I'm talking about voting rights. Can you tell us what's happening right now with Florida's voting rights laws? How how conf- you know your your own your own congressional seat is going to be redrawn possibly? Um, how confident are you that Floridians will be able to turn out in the numbers that they want to um, the next time they get to vote? Well, you know, I think it's real interesting. Let's talk about uh, voting by mail, for example. This is a strategy um, that Republicans used for decades, and they've used it well. And it was the greatest tool or greatest alternative to traditional voting until uh, Democrats uh, found the playbook, and certainly black and brown people um, participated in voting by mail. And so now, you know, there are efforts to make it more difficult to vote uh, by mail. One of the Republicans said, no, this is about uh, making voting easier, uh, not harder. But there were no signs. It was about making voting easier, not harder, and also um, making sure that there's no voter fraud. Well, where's the voter fraud? This is clearly a solution going around looking for Uh, a problem, and it's all about voter suppression. But let me say this, too. Okay, you know, historically in this country, unfortunately, sometimes when certain groups of people do better, then the rules of the game change. Well, we know that playbook, too, for those who want to do that. And I believe that persons of all genders understand that the stakes are are genders and and, um, ethnic groups understand that the stakes are extremely high and if we lose our democracy or if we continue to put the wrong governors the wrong senators the wrong state legislators local elected officials in office then it just gets worse and so we will find find a way and nothing can motivate us more than trying to take away our basic right to vote I mean, it's so true, and it feels to me like the pandemic has revealed a a key truth, which is it's really, really important who you elect. (laughs) They have a lot of power over your life um, in in an emergency. (laughs) Uh, And if you don't elect people who, at the very least, will step out of the way and let the scientists do the thing, um, you're, you're in a really bad situation. I mean... You represent uh, Florida. <laughs> uh, yes, I which, do. <laughs> uh, it's an example uh, of, of you know, a state that has a governor that even though, you know, there have been moments throughout the last year where people are like, well, Florida's case numbers aren't so bad, actually. Maybe he should be vindicated for his, you know, defiance. And 
Um, and yet, like, two weeks later, they're like, oh, wait, no, just kidding. Um, so, in totality, as you look at the COVID, how it's unfolded throughout this year, Florida has definitely gotten a lot of attention because of the governor. Uh, in your view, what could he be doing differently, better? What messaging, um, in your view, uh, has come up woefully short? Because I feel like he's one of the more prominent examples of it's very important who you elect in an emergency. Yeah, and look, uh, our governor <laughs> likes to pick winners and losers. Somehow, uh, during his campaign and his uh, first couple of years as governor, he missed the part about you're supposed to represent all Floridians, regardless of the color of their skin, their gender, how much money they have in the bank or where they live. We're talking about a governor who loves to select winners and losers, even with the distribution of the vaccine. And, and look, making the vaccine available in the most affluent areas and forget the most vulnerable communities, those black and brown communities. And so, you know, we have a governor who declared last year a state of emergency, but then did not act. His actions did not demonstrate a governor who was in the middle of a state of emergency. Matter of fact, we're talking about a governor who has just recently tried to uh, preempt the power of local officials it's basically saying that they cannot implement laws uh, without the governor's or laws or procedures without the governor's approval. Now, as we deal with COVID-19 throughout a very large state, are you saying that South Florida local leaders or Central Florida local leaders or North Florida's local leader or the local leaders in the panhandle don't know more about the conditions on the ground and how to deal with um you know, tragedies or responses to uh, tragedies like COVID-19, that they don't know better how to do that than the governor does. It is all about power, and he has demonstrated that he does not mind leaving Floridians behind. And we have got to do better. Look, leadership matters, and we've got to do better. That sounds so incredibly frustrating to live through. It would almost make you want to run for his job and take it yourself so you could do a better job of it. Has that ever maybe crossed your mind? <laughs> it crosses my mind every day. And uh, even if I uh, wanted to forget it, I have people who reach out to me every day yeah. uh, encouraging me to run for governor, encouraging me to run for Senate. Uh, and I am seriously considering it. Look, I have dedicated my life to public service as someone who grew up poor, black, and female in the South, someone who worked as a social worker and a law enforcement officer, someone who's been out there on the front line seeing how people are suffering in a state that is the third largest state in the union. Um, of course, I am seriously considering it. And, you know, I'm doing my, my homework, and we will see. Uh, what happens? Well, that's very exciting. I feel like Florida sure can do a, a lot, lot of better. people who are sitting on the edge of their seat. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, look, when you're also, e when you're in elected, I mean, we've office, also never had a, a a black woman governor. 
We've never had a woman governor in Florida. Wow. And we've never had a woman My to God. serve as governor uh, in Florida. So, you know, we, we can look, look, let me just say this. Uh, wasn't it nice to see Vice President Harris sitting behind the president uh, during the State of the Union? Wasn't it nice to see Speaker of the House yes, Nancy yes, Pelosi? Matter of fact, behind every great man is a great woman, and we saw great women times, too. Uh, the other night, the bottom line is even more so than making history, it is about competent leadership. It is about electing people who really do care about all people and really do care about addressing some of those quality of life issues that our governor seems to not care about or not re- remember. Uh, it seems more about pay to play in Florida. And the bottom line is we can do better. Whether it's me or someone else, Florida deserves better. <laughs> One of the things that's happening right now, I mean, I know I don't know how much as a member of the House uh, <laughs> um, on the Democratic side you pay attention to, like, the palace intrigue of the Republic- Republican conference, but they're having a moment right now um, because Liz Cheney is saying true things out loud. She's admitting that the election wasn't stolen, uh, that Joe Biden won, that it is a lie that they are perpetuating um, by saying that it was stolen from Donald Trump. And she's now like out on an island all by herself. (laughs) Um, You know, the number three person in Republican leadership. What does that mean for any chance that we can have a functioning Congress if the Republican Party is, I mean, dare I say, like losing their marbles let's just say that like they're just like out there on some sort of other planet (laughs) that is not um earth that is not reality um that is not based in truth and fact and you know you guys somehow have to negotiate with with this party i mean do you do you pay attention and do you have any thoughts on the state of the republican party right now you know, I, I'll, I'll say it this way. The, the state of the Republican Party uh, is on a collision coast. Uh, and and um, if they don't get their act together, uh, the Republican Party, it may be too late now. I'm not sure the Republican Party, as we've known it, exists anymore. Look, when I was elected to Congress, I went to Congress, certainly as a former police chief going in who who believe that, look, we can have our political differences, but let's come together and get some stuff done on behalf of the American people. Um, Too many members within the Republican Party in the House have no interest in getting anything done. It's all about power. Kevin McCarthy wants to be the next Speaker of the House, and he's demonstrated that he would sell his soul to become the next Speaker of the House. Look, I don't agree, of course, with a whole lot uh, on a whole lot of things with my classmate, Liz Cheney. But doggone it, it makes me feel good to see her stand up for the truth. Right. And, and, you know, I, I really do have to wonder what they're teaching. What do they tell their uh, children and their grandchildren when they go home on the weekends? And the, their grandchildren or children are looking at them saying, but Joe Biden won. You know, and, and so it's. Uh, But, you know, God bless Liz Cheney for standing up for what's right. Because let me say this, 
uh, we won't be in elected office forever. One day we're going to pack our little box and all go home. And Liz Cheney will be able to pack her back, back box, go home, and be able to look in the mirror at herself and not only like, but be able to respect herself. And so the Republican Party has lost their minds. And, they, and, and in doing so, they're losing their souls as well. And uh, they're on a collision coast, and we'll see um, where it ends. Well, it sure is interesting to watch. I mean, you brought up the State of the <laughs> Union. Yeah. They weren't even, they wouldn't stand for cutting child poverty in half. They wouldn't stand for voting rights. They wouldn't stand for very basic things that we sort of expect in America are good, like kids shouldn't be hungry. Um, they're opposing some of the most popular agenda items we have ever seen in this country. Uh, the Great American Rescue Plan, the American Families Plan. These are like 80% popularity, 70% popularity sort of agenda items. And, and they won't even get on board with things that their own voters are clearly into. Um, it, it must be exciting, at least, to be on the right side of history and with a Senate that might actually be able to pass the good work that you guys have been doing in the House for years. Um, Republicans aside, does, does, it, does it, it feels like a more hopeful moment. It feels like we're actually going to be able to get some of this stuff done. It really does. Leadership matters. And listening to President Biden uh, during his State of the Union uh, just reassured us that America does work with the right leadership, that we can move forward in tackling some of the toughest problems with the right leadership. You know, infrastructure certainly should be one of those areas that we all can agree on. Let's rebuild America. Let's, matter of fact, let's build it back better. But I think it's brilliant to look <laughs> at uh, the wraparound services when we talk about infrastructure, childcare, elder care, family leave, um, making college more affordable, making sure that young adults can get the necessary training they need for those jobs. I think it's brilliant to do that. And, and you talk about poverty. Surely childhood poverty is one of those areas. Okay, let's lay down our political weapons and come to the middle. You know, when I was being recruited for Congress, and I'd listened to a whole lot of people talk about a whole lot of different things, it was a statement that then Leader Pelosi made to me in a meeting I was having with her, and she said, one in six children go to bed hungry every night in this country, a country that we say is the greatest country in the world. Out of all that I had heard about why I should run for Congress, that statement was the tipping point. And I walked out of the office with my husband. He looked in my eyes and he said, you're going to do it, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because with all of the challenges we have, no kid, no child living in this country should go to bed hungry every night. So to see them sitting there with their arms folded um, during the we're going to cut child poverty in half statement, uh, I, I think it further demonstrates that the Republican Party is in complete chaos and disarray. And we need more leaders like Liz Cheney to step up and save their party if they really do love the grand old party. I mean, it really feels I think we need like like a 
they're in the what did Dick Cheney say back in the day? He was like, we're in the last throes of the Death insurgency, throws. if you Death will. Throws. Um, I think it was last throes. I don't remember the word being death in there, but, um, but maybe, maybe, maybe we amended it, but I remember a death in there. (laughs) Um, but I, but I think that it's, you know, it feels, it feels that way in terms of the Republican party, because they're not talking about anything of substance. Like they're lying about the election. They're arguing about Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. Um, you know, like there are, there are bigger problems, you guys, there, we are in a whole pandemic. It's a whole pandemic we're having. Um, there are things you could be doing. Um, do you feel like, oh, we have to take a break already? Huh. That's so sad. I'm so upset. Okay. Before you, um, so sad. we have to take a break and I'm very sad about it, but Congresswoman Bell Demings, we love having you on. And when we run out of time, it's. It is, it is a sad moment because I had another question, but, but you have to go. And so we don't want to keep you. Um, we love having you. Um, and we are grateful, um, for you taking the time out this morning. Please stay safe. I will. And you please do the same and watch that collision course. I'm telling you, watch it. Thank you very much. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.